This is No Stop Lights with Ken Ard. Welcome back to another edition of No Stop Lots. Want to make sure we thank our sponsors once again, Mickey Fins, Marlboro PD Electric, Co-op Scofields, Carolina Bank, Pepsi of Florence. I'm, I'm going to do something today, if you don't mind. We're going to be a, a bit redundant. We, we uh, dropped a podcast Tuesday um, about the Dominion Fox News case. We'll, um, since then, I mean, it's our luck to drop a podcast about something that is resolved the following day. So... So you got a Tuesday drop of a podcast. You got a Thursday drop of a podcast. It's just our luck that on Wednesday, Fox and Dominion decided to um, settle a lawsuit. So here we are, uh, really on a Tuesday afternoon. That would have been. Let's get this. Um, let's get this chronologically correct. So we record a podcast on Monday. It drops on Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon. Fox and Dominion make a deal. They come to some resolution. Uh, they settle the $1.6 billion lawsuit. And and then we uh, we normally record a Thursday podcast on Wednesday. So between the podcast we dropped Tuesday and the recording of the podcast that will be dropped now, because you're watching or listening, I'm live in a living color, the, the Dominion-Fox case has been settled. There will not be a trial there will not be a, uh, uh, I guess they've been deposed. There will not be a, an appearance of Tucker Carlson, of Laura Ingram, of Rupert Murdoch, or any of the Murdoch clan as it relates to the um, to the events that have transpired. Well, once again, chronologically correct since the Tuesday drop of No Stop Light. So we're dropping this Thursday. Fox and Dominion have made a deal. What does it say in, in totality of the grand scheme of things um, what, what have we learned? What, what has been, uh, what has been gathered? Uh, where, where do we land, so to speak, when it comes to, um, Fox news agreeing to pay in $787.5 million. I mean, when you really think about it, I look at some of the market caps of dominion voting machines that they're getting about 10 times what the business is worth. The market cap of the business is somewhere around, uh, a hundred, uh, between 75 and $100 million. They're getting an extra infusion of cash, uh, 787.5. I don't have any idea if it's a structured payout. I don't have any idea. I mean, we've read multiple reports of insurance funds going toward uh, the settlement, the buyout. Um, but but I, I, want, I want to stay clear of the, the financials of this. $1.6 billion turns into $787.5 million. Uh, when do they get the money? I don't know. Uh, how much of the money comes from the the coffers? I think Fox News got about four billion dollars in uh, in cash on hand per their financial disclosures. Um, they're getting off a certain percentage of that, or certain a certain amount of that. But but I want to go to the um, to the nature of Fox News. There's no denying this, and I want I want to involve um, a co-host and producer here, uh, Dave Baker, more than I normally do. I normally uh, I like the bright lights and I like the spotlight <laughs> and I like to have my opinion heard. Uh, more than anybody else's, but I want to bring Dave in this True. morning. I can confirm. Well, I mean, you you would be more of a consumer of Fox News than I am, and it's a little bit like uh, let, let me, I'm trying to think of an example. Well, give um, your give your opinion of Fox News, something you've been talking about I mean, on the radio show for a while, as it relates to being a credible news organization. I, I, I'm not saying they're uncredible. I, I'm not. I just think Fox has decided it's much more lucrative to be in the entertainment business. Do, do I believe they have the capacity? To do news, yes, but but 
the, in today's world, I mean, division and conflict are lucrative, correct? I mean, you would agree to that. Um, it sells. What I mean, we, we do talk radio in the mornings. We're doing a podcast. We're, we're not in the hard news business. There, there will always be a place, and I think democracy is better served when we have people doing hard news, journalists doing the job of a journalist. I mean, that, 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 is, that is really um, the death of journalism. If you want to talk about some of the problems in American politics today, it, it probably is the death of legitimate journalism. Uh, an unbiased reporter trying to find out exactly what your government is up to or not. But, but the folks that have made the biggest splash in media recently in the world of politics have been opinion monsters. I mean, I would be an opinion monster. Um, Rev, I think I have the ability to go find the facts. You said something interesting to me earlier that you feel as a consumer of Fox News, you have the ability to discern when they're honestly trying to be newsworthy and when they're in the entertainment business. I do. And but, it's but my responsibility. You're, you're, okay. Is that your responsibility? That, that would be the question that I ask of you. Do you believe it's your responsibility to discern whether Fox News is trying to legitimately report news or MSNBC or CNN or CBS or ABC? Look, newsflash. Ready? Full disclosure. Fox ain't the only SOBs doing this. <laughs> I mean, let, let, let's get that legitimately clear. They have been called to the carpet. They made a bad True. decision. So let's break the decision down. What did Fox News do that allowed Dominion to collect $787.5 million? Fox allowed two people in particular on multiple occasions, somewhere between 19 and 22 times, Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani said things about Dominion that weren't true. And Fox knew they weren't true. That's the caveat here. That, that's where the, the, uh, the, the lawsuit really hinged on. It, it's not that somebody came on Fox News and said something that's not true. But I mean, that happens every day. Yeah, when you invite a guest on, you're asking a guest to give their opinion. In this case, those lawyers were working for President Trump. Correct. Right? And they were giving, and I don't know whether they believed it at the time or not. I don't really know that. Nobody probably knows that. But they were interviewed on Fox. They were guests that were allowed to state their opinion on what happened. Their opinion is fact. I mean, would you agree to that? Well, yeah, when you say it as but, an but attorney. No, what I'm saying is, okay, saying? On, on the morning radio show that you and I do together, how many times have I said it is my opinion that this is the truth? All the I, don't, I don't know what the truth is in every encounter. I mean, I don't. There's no way I can be 100% true or, 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 or sure that what I've heard or what I've read is true. But if we know something to be false, we're not going to repeat it. If we know something to be inaccurate, we're not going to put on no stoplights. I mean, we're just not going to do that. If someone said, hey, I'd love to be a guest on your podcast. I'd love to have you as a guest on our podcast. Here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the sheriff and his nine DUIs. Well, the first thing you and I would do is say, hey, dude, you got to prove that. I mean, you you can't come on this podcast and simply say those sorts of things but, but once you've established that there is no ah, there is no credible evidence that shows you're telling the truth. Now, now in, in, in some ways, Fox got it right. I mean, in the weirdest way imaginable, Tucker Carlson. I mean, you, you go to some of the internal um, communications between uh, executives at Fox, some of the leading pundits, personalities at Fox, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, both said Sidney Powell's line. 
I mean, she's not telling the truth, and I'm not letting her back on this show until we have evidentiary proof that she's telling telling the truth. So um, Fox is not settling a lawsuit because somebody stated a mis a misfact or somebody somebody said something was factual and it was found out to not to be the case. That happens every day. I mean, the Wall Street Journal retracts, the New York Times retracts, CBS News corrects, ABC News corrects. We have apologized for things we've gotten wrong over the years we've been on the radio and now and now in this digital space called called podcasting. Nobody gets it right every time. But that's virtually impossible. You're a human. I'm a human. Um, I, I sometimes I let my sometimes I want to believe something so bad that I'm blinded by that burning desire to want it to be this way. Um, but Fox didn't stop there. Fox continued to allow this person or these people to come on the airwaves, the powerful airwaves of one of the media giants in the world. I mean, really and truly, if you listed who moves the meter, most in American politics today, even liberal America would argue Fox News does. I mean, there's a reason you can't talk to a liberal for five minutes without them bringing up the name Fox News. It is a titan in the world of political media. But, but a lot of people are saying, well, why can Fox News get in all this trouble and have to settle this big, huge, the biggest defamation case in American media history? I mean, I think before this, it was $177 million that the Disney company, the parent of ABC, settled uh, in this pink slime story with some food company. And, um, and then they, you know, in a defamatory way, damaged uh, the, 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 the value of the business, the, the reputation of the business. So now Fox has the biggest defamation settlement in the history of the American political media. But but a lot of conversations I've heard are, well, that's what they get for saying things that aren't true. That's not what they paid for. Guess what? Somebody will say something on Fox News today and tomorrow and the next day that aren't true. Somebody will say something on MSNBC today, tomorrow and the next day that, that isn't true. What Fox got in trouble for is once they knew that what Giuliani and Sidney Powell were saying weren't true, they continued to allow them on for fear of losing their audience. There was, a, there was an internal uh, email between Fox executives that, that, that I, I can't quote it exactly, but it was basically, hey, these new, this new Max ratings uh, spike is troubling and concerning and can't be dismissed. So Fox said, uh, we, don't, we don't have any, I mean, I, I, Who's in the office when the two big shots at Fox get together and say, hey, man, if we don't let Powell and Giuliani come on, they're going on Newsmax. Trump's got a big universe of supporters. We know how loyal they are, and, and we can't take that chance. What they basically did, surprise, is place revenue ahead of reputation. I mean, imagine that. Imagine in America today a business saying, hey, I'd rather have the rep- revenue. I'll take my chances with my reputation. Where do we go from here? I mean, what what happens now? Because there are going to be a lot of stories out there. You won't see it in the mainstream media. You, you, if MSNBC, let, let's use the um, let let's use, let's let's for argument's sake say Fox News is a conservative media outlet. I mean, I've always debated whether they're news or not. You know, I've been pretty consistent in arguing they aren't a news network. Do they have the ability? Is Brett Baer a journalist? Yeah. Is Bill Hemmer a journalist? Yeah. Um, the majority of viewers tune in to see whom? Britt Bear or Tucker Carlson? Tucker. Or Jesse Waters? Jesse. Or Sean Hannity? 
or Laura Ingram. I mean, we know what the ratings show. Um, the 6 o'clock journalism on Fox News gets a million viewers, maybe a million and a half. Some of the uh, the, the, the opinion and punditry, they, they get three and four and five and at times six million and, and some of the hotly contested political periods. But but let's let's argue for a second. Let's paint a hypothetical. What's done is done with Fox. I mean, you agree with me that Fox made a monumental mistake and they're paying the largest price ever in a defamation case for that mistake they made. Obviously. Do you agree with the accuracy of that statement? Absolutely. Okay. Um, the proof's in the bank. The, the, the proof's in the bank. No, no question about it. If Fox didn't think they'd done anything wrong, they've got the wherewithal to see this to the end. It wouldn't be like you or I. I mean, if you or I in a big argument with a, um, a you know, one, let, let's say you and I were being sued by Fox News. I mean, they, they can bunny whip us. You and I would have to throw the towel in. I mean, unless the American Civil Liberties Union or somebody like, well, they wouldn't do that because we're conservatives. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> but, but somebody like that would have to come to our aid and assist us because Fox could money whip us. I mean, they could pay a team of lawyers a lot longer than you and I could. But so, so you can't say that Fox didn't want the trial. I mean, I don't think they wanted the trial because I don't think they wanted Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and top executives at Fox taking the witness stand saying, yeah, we knew they were lying, but we did it anyway. I mean, that's just, uh, in all honesty, they probably made a big a pretty shrewd and smart business decision, but it's still $587.5 million um, nonetheless. So let's go to a hypothetical. Stick with me for a second, because I tried to play this out um, this morning. So let's say that someone from Pfizer comes on CNBC and says the vaccine works the vaccine stops you from getting COVID. And let's say the people at CNBC who are in the financial pornography business, let's say that they have that person on again and again and again and again. And there, there, there are representatives from Pfizer. There's a CEO from Pfizer. There are investment firms, BlackRock comes to mind, that have a financial interest in Pfizer. And we do a summation after the fact. And the let's say a congressional investor. Uh, the Congressional Investigatory Committee comes along and says, we were terribly misled about the efficacy of the vaccine, the effectiveness of the vaccine. Aren't the same. Uh, efficacy and effectiveness are two sound a lot alike, but they aren't the same thing. So does, CNB, does CNBC accept a similar responsibility to Fox and allowing someone to come on? We know what they were motivated by, right? I mean, you would agree. I think you said yes, Rev, mm -hmm. that you believe Fox was motivated to allow them to come say things knowing they weren't true because it would have been bad, bad for business not to let them on. Right. I mean, they, you, they were you, giving the audience something they wanted to hear. You better believe it. I mean, uh, uh, you know, don't, don't, I got a buddy of mine in the restaurant business. He says, man, I'd love to cook, you know, grilled scallops and, and prime rib, but I make a lot more money cooking chicken fingers and french fries. I don't cook what I want people to eat. I cook what they want to eat. So, yeah, I mean, Fox News was serving up a big old heaping and helping of what they knew their audience wanted to hear, that Donald Trump had gotten cheated out of the 2020 election. Now, I, you know, and, and this is another debate. I believe that Donald Trump should have argued from a perspective about the 2020 election, not about Dominion voting machines, not about Hugo Chavez being a co-founder of the business, um, not, not, not about some of the, um, some of the almost unprovable software analogies. In other words, they were arguing 
that there was an, uh, a distorted algorithm that counted um, Democrat votes at a higher percentage or to a higher degree and kind of a weighted system that if you voted for a Democrat, you got 1.095. I'm mean, I'm making that number up. I have no idea what, what the accusations were. If you vote for the Republican, you're getting 0.97 of a vote. And over the long haul, 330 million Americans, uh, you know, 81 and 75, 150, 156 or 8 million uh, ballots cast, that's a big deal. I mean, if, if one side is getting nine-tenths of a vote counted, the other is getting put 1.1, I mean, that's a big deal. But, but, I, but I believe that those who believe something happened in 2020 in the presidential cycle that can't be quite explained, and, and by that I mean you start with Joe Biden getting 81 million votes. Donald Trump increased from 16 to 20 more than any American incumbent president ever has, and he still lost by 6 million. The, the fatal mistake the Trump team made, in my humble opinion, is when they argued that the election was stolen, right? I mean, that's the argument. The election was stolen. That they, they began kind of, kind of highlighting and making as part, really the central part of their argument, the machines, the Dominion voting machines. Once again, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani were employed by who? Donald Trump. Whom may be grammatically correct. They were employed by whom? Donald Trump. So Powell and Giuliani have the authority to go on and say the election was stolen, go on Fox News, but why not instead of saying the Dominion machines were, the algorithms were skewed, the algorithms had been manipulated to favor Joe Biden over Donald Trump, why not begin talking about statistical anomalies and the private financing of campaigns and ballot harvesting and some of the shenanigans that happened in in Philadelphia, some of the things that happened in Fulton and Gwinnett County, Maricopa County in Arizona, those are much more believable. And they're and they're to me they're they're less suspect or yeah, less suspect to a defamation case. I mean, when you start taking the reputation of a private enterprise and without any proof whatsoever, knowingly and willingly argue that they're not doing a fair I mean, this is the company the state's hired to count the ballots, right? The Dominion voting machine. I mean, they tabulate the ballots. I would imagine they're human oversight, but but you, you got to be careful when you go down that road. And I think it was, I mean, I think Fox made the monumental mistake, but but I think the Trump team made made a, uh, a terrible decision. When you're going to argue the election was stolen, you would have had a much better case to make and a more convincing case to make if you'd really broken down. If you go on Tucker Carlson's show and you talk about um, the percentage of seniors in senior homes in Wisconsin that have historically voted and the percentage that voted in 2020. Some of the heavily Democrat precincts that Mark Zuckerberg invested heavily in. Remember the Zuck Bucks? $450 million of private money going to voter turnout efforts in heavily Democratic precincts. I just believe that's where the hay was to be made. And I think if you're going to argue the election was stolen, you would have been much better leaving the Dominion voting machines alone, let that speak for itself, but because how in the hell are you going to prove some algorithm? Who can do that? I mean, if you and I were allowed in the room when they're tearing those computers apart, you would understand it to some degree. I wouldn't have a clue. I mean, I, wouldn't, I couldn't begin to fathom. But, but if you show me on a spreadsheet that 74% of all seniors and senior homes in, in Wisconsin historically vote and – in 2020, it was 98. I mean, I'm scratching my head. What when you tell me that in states like Georgia, 
states like Pennsylvania, states like Wisconsin, um, we began changing the laws concerning chain of custody, signature verification. I mean, th- those are, I mean, you're right. It's um, circumstantial evidence. But, but it's very compelling circumstantial evidence. I've always argued if there's a dead man in an alley and there's only two people standing there, one's Mother Teresa, one's Charles Manson, who do you think killed the person? <laughs> I mean, you didn't see anything happen, but you got Charles Manson, you got Mother Teresa as a dead man. My money's on, on Charles Manson. So the circumstantial evidence of the statistical anomalies combined with the, um, you know, some of the executive and legislative changes regarding chain of custody, regarding signature verifications, it, it was ripe for the pit. I mean, it really and truly, there, there was a narrative there to be told that I think was far more compelling than, than what Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani did. And look, we, we, can, we can love Trump, hate Trump. But nobody believes Trump's not in charge. Nobody believes for a second that Sidney Powell went out and said what she wanted to say. Or Rudy Giuliani went out and said what he wanted to say. You know damn well that they were saying what Trump wanted said. So, so the biggest loser in all of this is Fox News. There is no doubt about it. They'll take some sort of reputational hit. Not with me. I mean, personally, I don't look at Fox News any different today than I did yesterday. I wanted to ask you that question. Do they deserve to take a hit to their reputation with their loyal viewers? Should should somebody like me look at them differently? But, I mean, but, but you've already said that someone like you discerns when they're playing politics and when they aren't. Well, sure. But but you're not, I mean, you're not a normal guy. You host a, a political radio show. You produce a political radio show. I mean, you, you hear me run my mouth for four, 20 hours a week about the nature and world of politics. The majority of people are watching Seinfeld. And when the majority of people here on the street, at work, at a ball game, at a tailgate, at the beach, drinking a beer, when they hear that the election of 2020 was stolen, and now they're going to hear, well, Fox News had to pay $587.5 million because they tried to say the election was stolen, the Seinfeld viewer is going to say, bad day for Fox, but a really bad day for Trump and those who believe the election was stolen. That's my problem. I mean, it's not that I've ever trusted Fox to tell me the truth. I don't. But I'm a cynic by nature. I don't trust MSNBC any more than I trust Fox, any less than I trust Fox. Fox tells me what I want to hear. MSNBC tells me what I disagree with. CNN, MSNBC, excuse me, NBC, ABC, CBS. The, the nature of journalism has changed because, once again, conflict and opinion are far more lucrative than hard news. And we could go forever today about when that happened. I think it's Woodward and Bernstein, you know, all the president's men and taking down the president. They became rock stars. They end up with a house at the Hamptons and the beat reporter, you know, with the cubicle at the Washington Post. Life is miserable. I mean, they're covering the, uh, you know, the city council meeting at 7 o'clock on a, on a Tuesday night. And, and Woodward and Bernstein kind of, um, uh, they, they became celebrities as journalists. I, but, but I still want to go back to the other, and then we'll get out of here. I still want to go back to the other issue. So, so Fox is liable. I mean, they, they, they defamed a private enterprise. They're paying a huge price, a disproportional price. But it's not what Dominion is worth. I think the judge basically said, what amount makes, I mean, what, what does it give to your hurt? I mean, the church says that. Some athletic booster clubs say that. Um, if I had to give a million bucks, it'd be a lot different than Elon Musk having to give a million bucks. So it's not what Dominion was worth. It's what Fox had to give. 
And I think $1.6 billion would have been unbelievably difficult. They got $4 billion cash on hand. They've got the money. Insurance will cover um, some of this. But, you know, uh, I think Fox's annual sales are 570 or 80 or $90 million. I think that was their number last year. So basically gave up a year. Is it profit or revenue? Anyway, one or the other. It's about a year's worth of um, worth of earnings. But, but I want to go back before we get out of here. I want to go back to Souther. So, so Dominion had standing. I mean, there's no doubt they had standing. They had been financially harmed by Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani being allowed to say things that weren't true or couldn't be proven to be true. Who sues MSNBC? Who sues CBS? Who sues CNBC for the number of times and the number of people who were allowed to say the vaccine works when they knew it didn't. I mean, are there are there emails? Are there internal communications between the Dr. Fauci's of the world, the the CDC, uh, the World Health Organization, uh, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, um, BlackRock? They they all had enormous. Um, enormous amounts of money in play. That they, they, they were financially interested in, and in, in, you know, can we demand of people to get the vaccines or not? Remember, okay, I'll tell you, makes us standing. Let's say you're a member of the military, and you refuse to get a shot for whatever. I mean, it might have been a, a, a religious reason, might have been a personal preference, but you gave up a military career because you refused to do what the government was demanding of people. You've got standing. I mean, to me, you would, right? I mean, they're telling uh, you were harmed. Well, I mean, you were financially harmed. No question about it. Not to the extent the Dominion was, but you gave up a military career or another career. Let's say you're a college professor, and, and you know whatever for whatever reason you didn't trust the science. You thought we fast tracked it. Um, you you had some religious exemption that you wanted to plea. You didn't get your way. Um, you lost your job because you refused to get vaccinated, and all of a sudden we find out uh, a couple of years later that the science was a lot shakier than we ever imagined. And the vaccine was nowhere near as effective as we were told it was. Now, now, now Fox has admitted by settling that they lied. Correct? I mean, yep. you're a Fox fan. Yeah. But you got to agree that they admitted, okay, this one's on us. I mean, we didn't do a good job of controlling, the, not the message, but the truth. We allowed people to come on our network and say things we knew were dishonest. Yep, for, the, for ratings. The, the, there will always be people on network saying say things that are dishonest. But to me, as an executive or, or a producer or somebody who has control, when you when you know they're being dishonest, you can't allow them to keep on and, and perpetrating the same lie and peddle the same fantasy. So at what point in time do we investigate CNBC for allowing the Pfizer CEO to come on time and time again and talk about how effective the vaccine is, how many lives it's saving, uh, how we should all be proud of the fast tracking of the medicine operation warp speed um, comes to mind. I, I just think, uh, you know, th- there's no doubt that Fox is the loser. I think Trump is another loser. I think Tucker wins and loses. I think Ingram wins and loses. The biggest win for Tucker is he doesn't have to get on a witness stand. I mean, that, to, to me, that's the biggest win. That might be the biggest win for Fox, that their biggest personalities not their biggest journalist. Who's the biggest journalist at Fox? Uh, Brett Baer. Okay, probably. Brett Baer. I mean, I would agree to that. I mean, Brett Baer might be the only journalist at Fox. Well, <laughs> Himmer, I think, would probably be a journalist. Yeah. Perino's not a journalist. She's former press secretary. 
And um, I mean, they got a they got an abundance of girls, excuse me, ladies who go to the gym five days a week and read teleprompters. I mean, that's kind of the Roger Ailes was a conservative warrior. Roger Ailes had a um, he had the bona fides of conservative warrior. Murdoch's a business guy. I mean, Murdoch knows the average consumer of news is a 50-year-old white male, so he puts a lot of 28, 29, 30-year-old fit female. Uh, you know, I mean, it, well, that's not rocket science. I mean, they, nobody would deny that. Even the most ardent, uh, you know, Fox supporter or, or consumer would say, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much the strategy of Murdoch. Um, and I think I think Fox has struggled since Ailes passed away. Because I think Ailes had the, I mean, I think he understood conservatism. He had a political background. Um, but But in closing... I'm not going to defend Fox. I mean, I, I, to some degree, I'm a conservative pundit. I'm a conservative opinion monster. I believe in limited government. I, I like what Fox has to say a lot better than I do what MSNBC has to say, what CNN has to say, what uh, CBS, ABC, NBC, New York Times, Washington Post. Everybody but Fox talk radio the Wall Street Journal. I mean, there's a conservative media outlet, but they're, they're a little bit, they're not as mainstream as talk radio as Fox News and the Wall Street Journal. I mean, those would be the three non-liberal conservative outlets uh, that you and I would consider somewhat mainstream. And uh, and talk radio is becoming more and more and more uh, mainstream. The podcasting is different. With the early days of you know how much influence and effectiveness can can a podcast attain or amass or, or you know uh, drive an audience one direction or another. But but I gotta believe. There, there's somebody out there right now saying, okay, I mean, Fox Fox did wrong. There, there's no doubt about it. Fox allowed, Fox knowingly and willingly allowed someone to come on and say things that were fundamentally dishonest on behalf of an aggrieved president. president's got about half the country that likes him. The other half doesn't much care for him. But, but Fox News has paid a pretty significant price for that happening. Will anything happen to the other news outlets who have allowed, and I'm just using the vaccine as an example, I mean, there will be a multitude of other of other situations or occasions that things like that um, come up. This is, um, there's always been, I mean, kind of a high standard, high threshold for defamation cases when it involves public figures. Giuliani be a public figure. Would Sidney Powell be a public figure? No, but that would be borderline. I mean, in this instance, though. No, nah, in this instance, she's, she's the, president's the president's lawyer. Yeah. She would be a, a, a public figure in that regard. But but we know today, I mean, we know this to be true, that there is data to support this. The vaccine was not as effective as they told us it was in the early days of the pandemic. They can plead ignorant. They can say they didn't know any better. That They can say, you know, we were trying to keep people. I get there. There's a there's a multitude of excuses that they can use. Some will carry water. Some will not. So, some will be um, easy to defend. Some will not. But but now that we've got this precedent, and it's the largest defamation settlement in the history of American media, I predict, but because we live in this turnaround as fair play world. I mean, we, we live in a world where, um, you know, if you come after one of our guys, we'll come after one of yours. Jim Jordan just had a investigatory committee meeting in where? In Manhattan, New York. Why? To combat what Bragg is trying to do regarding the arrest or the indictment and eventual arrest of, uh, of President Trump. So so I'm, I'm giving fair warning that I believe in the next little while, I mean, I don't want to pin myself down to a time period here, I believe in the next little while that there will be um, some case 
Maybe maybe it proceeds to the courts. Maybe it doesn't. There'll be some judge shopping, some court shopping. That they'll they'll find a uh, a friendly venue. But but I predict that the COVID vaccine and and whether or not somebody intentionally misled, it's one thing to mislead. It's another to intentionally mislead. So if the CEO of Pfizer comes on CNBC and says we have made tremendous strides and breakthroughs and this vaccine will stop you from getting COVID. We know that's dishonest. Did he know? Did he know that was dishonest? Did CNBC know when the CEO of Pfizer came on and said the vaccine stops you from getting COVID? Because if he didn't know and they didn't know, that's one thing, right? Right. It's his opinion that the vaccine stops you from getting COVID. But that's not true. But that was his opinion at that moment in time. The CNBC host allowed him to say that. The CNBC executives allowed him to say that. But was there ever a moment at CNBC, and that's a hypothetical, I'm not accusing them of anything, but was there ever a moment at CNBC that they knew as a network the vaccine was not anywhere near as effective and the CEO of Pfizer knew it was not anywhere near as effective, but BlackRock needed to get paid, Goldman needed to get paid, the Pfizer shareholders needed to get paid, and they needed everybody in America to take that shot. That's kind of what I'm interested in. I'm not defending Fox. I'm not deflecting from Fox. I am a conservative uh, Republican. I don't deny that. I don't shy away from that. Um, I will continue to watch Fox. I don't watch it a lot for news. I've told you before, if there's a plane crash, I don't turn it to Fox. If there if there's a uh, if a building falls to the ground, I want to see the news report, the news account. I don't turn it. I don't turn it to Fox. I turn it. Nah, I mean, it's pretty hard to turn it anywhere now. To be honest with you, it's kind of interesting because we do some of this. Uh, I mean, we do a morning radio show and, and a podcast twice a week, and people say, "Hey, where do you get your news?" I don't know. I mean, I, I get opinions from everybody. <laughs> I get punditry from everywhere. Uh, the hard news, it's hard to find. I mean, it really and truly is. But but the next chapter of this of this case of this era in in, in you know political journalism or the lack of political journalism and, and you know political punditry is replaced political journalism and it generates a lot of revenue and to some degree we're guilty of that and we benefit from that from that reality but but if CNBC allowed the Pfizer CEO to come on the air and say the shot works knowing that the shot didn't work. Or, or at least the characterization of the shot. The shot does work to some degree, right? But we know it doesn't stop you from getting COVID. It doesn't stop the transmission from getting COVID. It probably does. I mean, I don't say it probably does. It does, I'm sure, um, benefit those in high-risk categories. But but if you're a young, healthy 25-year-old, there was never any reason for you to get a shot. But if you're a young, healthy 25-year-old in the American military, it was demanded of you unless you had some weird exemption and 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 that person may have standing and there's enough lawyers in america we live in the most litigious society in the world there's enough lawyers in america to plunder around in the archives of cnbc or msnbc and we live in this um hey you, you hit me with a stick i'm gonna hit you back with it that's probably uh, trump probably ushered that in in a more accelerated way but uh and, uh, once again we, we did a podcast tuesday about Dominion and Fox, did a very different one today. And the reason it's so much different is Fox and Dominion agreed to not go to trial. And if your company's worth $75 million, 
and somebody offers you seven hundred and eighty-seven point five million, where, where do I sign, <laughs> and how quick do I sign? And um, you can make that check out to <laughs> you know, whomever you decide. Uh, thanks for joining us. Do want to thank our sponsors once again. They're good sponsors: Mickey Fins, Marlboro Pity Electric, Schofields, Carolina Bank, Pepsi of Florence. We've tried to do the best we can at some of the backdrop. You see the um, the rolling. What what do you call this? I mean, this is a signage. Yeah. I know what it is. Well, we want to put our sponsor logos up there, so there's a visual for folks that are watching on YouTube, for example. And it's um, it's very well done. So thank you for uh, for watching. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you again next week.